creating a surgical side infection prevention bundle for patients undergoing cesarean delivery by Laura Money and Kenzie Duncan. Abstract We performed an interdisciplinary team to create a standardized evidence-based protocol that would reduce cesarean delivery surgical side infection rates at our tertiary teaching facility. The Joint Commission's current implementation guide for surgical side infections, although comprehensive, does not specifically address strategies associated with the obstetric patient population. The team's approach included developing and providing patient education and preparation, standardizing prophylactic antibiotic administration, developing consistent evidence-based abdominal and vaginal preparation processes, standardizing postoperative incision care, and engaging clinical team members in process improvement. This collaboration resulted in a decrease in surgical side infection rates from 4.1% in 2014 and 5.9% in 2015 to 0.8% by the end of 2016 and 0.6% in the first two quarters of 2017. Systemizing processes initiated by the interdisciplinary team improved patient outcomes, limited readmissions, and reduced costs to the institution. Cesarean delivery is the most common surgery for women of childbearing age. Undergoing a cesarean delivery increases a woman's risk of mortality by 2 to 11%. The National Rate of Surgical Side Infections, SSIs, for cesarean delivery ranges from 2.5% to 18%. The Joint Commission's current implementation guide for SSIs, although comprehensive, does not specifically address strategies associated with the obstetric patient population. The cost of SSIs to healthcare facilities in the United States is more than $10 billion per year, with an individual average increase in costs of $7,000 to $25,000 per patient. With an annual cesarean delivery rate of 32% in the United States, the potential negative effect of SSIs on obstetric patients as well as on the institutions in which these patients receive care, is high. Considering these statistics, it is imperative that the healthcare industry develop strategies to improve outcomes for women undergoing cesarean deliveries. Obstetric clinicians at our facility deliver more than 4,200 infants per year, with a 30% cesarean delivery rate. As a tertiary teaching facility, we experience a high comorbidity rate in the obstetric patient population. Members of the nursing leadership team shared their concerns about the increasing SSI rates in patients undergoing cesarean delivery with facility obstetricians, pharmacists, obstetric anesthesiologists, nurses, surgical technologists, and clerical staff members. The leadership team requested that at least one representative from each discipline serve on an interdisciplinary team to collaboratively develop an SSI prevention bundle for patients undergoing cesarean delivery. The role for each team member would involve reviewing data, brainstorming about current statistics and processes, reviewing evidence-based practices for reducing SSIs, and serving as a conduit for communication between the interdisciplinary team and relevant personnel from the facility area he or she was representing. With a dedicated interdisciplinary team established, the members took a multifaceted approach to addressing the trend of increasing SSIs in the cesarean delivery patient population. 
the team began the process by identifying the issues that potentially contribute to cesarean delivery SSIs and dividing them into the following categories. Patient education and preparation. Evidence-based practice related to clinical care, such as antibiotic protocols, surgical site preparation, and postoperative incision care. And interdisciplinary engagement in the development of process improvement strategies. The team developed process improvement strategies for each category to create a comprehensive SSI prevention bundle. Patient education and preparation. The interdisciplinary team assessed patients' knowledge of their anticipated cesarean delivery and found there were gaps in patients' understanding. Patients expressed confusion about their dietary restrictions before surgery. Specifically, patients questioned the nurses about what qualified as a clear liquid and when they should initiate the NPO restriction. Patients presenting to the facility with inadequate skin preparation or having failed to shower also illustrated the need for additional patient education. The team evaluated the process by which the obstetric clinicians imparted information to patients and their caregivers before admission and cesarean delivery, including the information and education materials the clinicians provided and the methods they used to deliver the information. The team's first intervention was to standardize the educational materials and other resources provided to patients before cesarean delivery and to develop a one-page guide to help prepare these patients for the day of surgery. At all of the obstetrics clinics, the interdisciplinary team provided staff member education about the importance of teaching patients to shower with 4% chlorhexidine glutinate, CHG, antiseptic before admission for cesarean delivery and to avoid applying lotions or other emollients after showering. The team informed the staff members that if a patient failed to shower with CHG before arriving at the facility, the patient should shower in the preoperative area before surgery. The team developed a process to determine each patient's arrival time and surgical start time based on the anticipated complexity of the procedure and developed a script for staff members to use during the preoperative phone call with each patient scheduled for a cesarean delivery. During this call on the day before the procedure, the staff member provided the patient with her scheduled arrival time, reiterated preoperative instructions, and confirmed arrival information. The staff member also emphasized the importance of maintaining NPO status and showering with the 4% CHG that the patient had received during her last clinic visit. Before surgery, Staff members communicated with and educated patients about the cesarean delivery by providing and explaining information and educational handouts developed by staff members from the prenatal clinics. Staff members provided each patient with an educational toolkit designed to help prepare patients for cesarean delivery. The toolkit materials are appropriate for all learners, but each toolkit is tailored to the patient's condition, readiness to learn, and expressed concerns and preferences. The materials in the toolkit reinforce the importance of implementing risk reduction strategies throughout the patient's hospital stay. The toolkit also includes a web-based video program provided through an outside vendor partnership with information about the surgical process for cesarean delivery, what to expect after cesarean delivery, strategies for preventing SSIs, and answers to frequently asked questions about cesarean delivery. Before discharge, 
patients participated in a return demonstration with the postpartum nurse of the correct methods for cleansing their incision sites to help ensure they understood the reasons for and were comfortable with the process. Evidence-Based Clinical Care To ensure the highest level of safety and quality of care for patients undergoing cesarean delivery, the interdisciplinary team focused on incorporating evidence-based practice into standardized clinical care, including antibiotic protocols, surgical site preparation, and post-operative incision care. Standardization is preferred in a tertiary facility to promote consistency among the various clinical settings and numerous providers involved in patient care. Preoperative measures. The American Congress of Obstetrics and Gynecologists, ACOG, and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recognize the importance of prophylactic antibiotic therapy for patients undergoing cesarean deliveries to decrease the incidence of SSIs during the postoperative period. The ACOG and Center for Disease Control and Prevention recommendations for prophylactic antibiotic therapy for patients undergoing cesarean delivery consist of administering a first-generation cephalosporin, for example, cefazolin, using weight-based dosing. The interdisciplinary team collaborated to develop processes for following this recommendation and also recommended administering 500 milligrams of IV azithromycin to decrease the risk for infection in patients undergoing cesarean delivery. To ensure correct dosing and administration before cord clamping, the team implemented processes to ensure the prescribed medications were administered 60 minutes before skin incision. The protocol also included redosing the antibiotics if the estimated blood loss was greater than 1,500 milliliters or the surgery time exceeded three hours. If the patient was allergic to cefazolin, she received 900 milligrams of clindamycin in addition to 5 milligrams per kilogram of gentamicin. For emergent cesarean deliveries, staff members administered antibiotic prophylactic therapy as soon as possible. Because of the potential need for cesarean delivery in all laboring patients, staff members performed advanced perineal care every six hours on all laboring patients with viable pregnancies and ruptured membranes. Advanced perineal care included washing the patient's lower abdomen, inner thighs, and vaginal and anal area with 4% CHG and using a dampened washcloth to remove residual CHG. The ACOG recognizes off-label use of 4% CHG as safe and effective for vaginal surface preparation. Performing advanced perineal care also improved patient satisfaction because it gave them a sense of being able to maintain their personal hygiene during labor. When hair removal is necessary, AORN recommends that the staff member performing this task should do so in a location outside the operating or procedure room. Therefore, staff members performed hair removal in the preoperative area, followed by skin cleansing with 2% CHG skin preparation cloths to reduce the incidence of microorganisms on the patient's skin. The interdisciplinary team collaborated to determine the most effective management practices for preoperative surgical site preparation for obstetric patients. The goal was to standardize skin preparation for the obstetric patient undergoing a non-emergent or emergent cesarean delivery while reducing the rate of SSIs 
by reviewing the research and implementing evidence-based practices. Surgical Preparation for Non-Emergent Cesarean Delivery The interdisciplinary team developed the protocol for surgical preparation for non-emergent cesarean deliveries by implementing the AORN recommendations for dual perineal antisepsis. These recommendations include performing an internal vaginal preparation with 10% povidone iodine before performing abdominal preparation. To perform surgical site preparation, the RN circulator places an impervious drape under the patient's buttocks to capture any fluid that may accumulate. He or she then uses two 10% povidone iodine solution applicators to cleanse the perineum and vagina and then gently blots the solution using a cloth or paper towel. After completing the vaginal preparation, the RN circulator inserts an indwelling urinary catheter using aseptic technique. In accordance with the product manufacturer's instructions for use, the RN circulator determines whether two or three 2% CHG and 70% alcohol applicators are required based on the patient's body mass index, BMI, and general habitus. If the patient has a BMI of 40 kg per square meter or lower, the RN circulator uses two applicators, the first at the incision site for 30 seconds and the second on the entire abdomen and upper thighs for 30 seconds. If the patient has a BMI higher than 40 kg per square meter or has a large paniculus, the RN circulator uses three applicators. In these patients, the incision site is usually moist. Therefore, the RN circulator begins the skin preparation at the incision site with back-and-forth motions for two minutes. The second applicator is used to apply the solution to the abdomen and the third to the upper thighs. After the RN circulator has completed this process, he or she allows the 2% CHG and 70% alcohol solution to dry completely for a minimum of three minutes before the surgical team applies the surgical drapes. Perioperative team members use the techniques developed by the interdisciplinary team for surgical preparation of all patients undergoing non-emergent cesarean delivery, thereby standardizing the process. Surgical Preparation for Emergent Cesarean Delivery When the patient's plan of care necessitates an emergent cesarean delivery, the clinician's priority is to ensure safety for the patient and the neonate. This requires rapid intervention in the OR, which may not allow sufficient time for complete drying of the 2% CHG and 70% alcohol antiseptic solution. For these circumstances, the interdisciplinary team determined that 4% CHG should be used to prepare the abdomen for surgery. This eliminates the dry time because the 4% CHG solution is blotted dry, allowing for safe, timely delivery of the infant. Using this modified skin preparation protocol for emergent cesarean deliveries did not result in an increase in SSIs. Intraoperative measures. Along with creating a consistent method for surgical site preparation, the interdisciplinary team implemented other evidence-based recommendations in the operating suites. These actions included decreasing traffic in the OR during procedures and using warming gowns to maintain patient normothermia. The interdisciplinary team required all labor and delivery staff members to complete a three-minute surgical hand scrub at the beginning of their shifts 
because of the potential need for all clinicians to perform OR duties with their patients. A 2015 Cochrane review found the use of plastic adhesive drapes did not prevent SSIs, but in fact could promote bacterial growth and moisture, thereby increasing the risk for infection. Therefore, the interdisciplinary team recommended using an open fenestration drape that allowed for direct view of the surgical site and eliminated cutting through the plastic during skin incision. Implementing these multiple actions involved collaboration with experts from several disciplines, including obstetrics, anesthesia, pediatrics, and nursing, to develop a cohesive SSI prevention bundle. Postoperative measures. The interdisciplinary team also implemented a standardized, evidence-based bundled approach to postoperative incision site management to reduce SSIs in patients undergoing cesarean delivery. This approach included placing a sterile dressing over the surgical incision immediately after closure, keeping the dressing in place until postoperative day three, or if removed before the third postoperative day, covering the incision with sterile gauze and securing the gauze with paper tape. Removing the sterile dressing on postoperative day three. Assessing the incision site for abnormalities, such as redness, oozing, a foul smell, or unapproximated edges. If abnormal findings are noted, a physician should assess the incision and determine a treatment plan. Using standardized treatment approaches based on assessment and incision type. Considering the use of a moisture-wicking antimicrobial fabric dressing after dressing removal for patients who are extremely obese or have a large paniculus. Counseling all patients and assisting inpatients with showering daily and cleaning their abdomens and the areas surrounding the incision with 4% CHG. And providing all postpartum patients with a bottle of 4% CHG and instructions to shower daily and continue using the antiseptic for 3 to 5 days after discharge. The interdisciplinary team developed and provided education regarding incision site management, including incision site assessment criteria and physician notification parameters to all healthcare providers specific to their role. Measures to verify staff member competency. Facility policy requires that all labor and delivery RNs circulate when their assigned patient requires a cesarean delivery. However, verifying competency of a large and diverse labor and delivery nursing staff is challenging. The OR competency verification process for all non-core designated perioperative nurses requires completing an OR scavenger hunt, completing a simulated cesarean delivery with a team member whose competency has already been verified, and participating in a scheduled cesarean delivery a minimum of once every six months. The simulation activity must be completed before the staff member undergoes competency verification during a procedure with a patient to help ensure that the staff member employs the correct techniques and adheres to OR guidelines and standards. Staff members requiring remediation must complete competency verification with a labor and delivery OR team leader or the nursing professional development specialist. Interdisciplinary engagement. With the implementation of value-based purchasing and pay-for-performance plans, healthcare organizations are entering an era of accountable care. 
To facilitate meeting their strategic goals, all members of the healthcare team must understand the necessary outcomes. Reports can be written and distributed, signs posted and meetings held. But the challenge is to put individual data points together and tell a meaningful story in place of the quality graphs with which healthcare providers are most familiar. With the goal of reducing the SSI rate for patients undergoing cesarean delivery at our facility, the labor and delivery nurse manager had been posting the SSI data for cesarean delivery monthly for several years. The interdisciplinary team changed the strategy as part of the obstetric SSI prevention bundle. The team first ensured all members of the clinical staff in obstetrics understood the goal of SSI reduction and how each individual's role influenced this patient outcome. The nursing leadership team informed staff members of the financial costs to the institution as well as the physical and emotional costs to the patient associated with SSIs. The labor and delivery nurse manager continued to post the unit's monthly data. However, the obstetrics leadership team also communicated the individual clinician's data privately to the individual to facilitate progress toward meeting the goal of reduced SSIs. The labor and delivery clinical staff members are now presented with monthly individual SSI rates based on their specific cesarean delivery procedure participation. Members of the obstetrics team with the lowest individual SSI rates are publicly recognized. Those with the highest SSI rates are assigned to complete private educational reinforcement sessions focused on improvement strategies, such as performing appropriate hand hygiene, gowning and gloving, sterile preparation processes, and other aspects of the obstetric SSI prevention bundle. Giving all members of the interdisciplinary team access to meaningful data in a compelling way helped the interdisciplinary team with achieving the staff member behavior modifications necessary to meet their overall goal. Addressing the individual's level of compliance and engagement was an important element of the team's process improvement strategy. The interdisciplinary team presented this plan not as a punitive process, but as an opportunity for the entire obstetrical team to be more successful. To improve patient outcomes, the right information must be shared individually with relevant clinical staff members in a meaningful way so that it can be used to improve specific clinical practices and advance overall patient outcomes. After the team implemented each bundle element, the SSI rate after cesarean delivery decreased substantially, indicating that our approach was successful. This collaboration resulted in a decrease in SSI rates from 4.1% in 2014 and 5.9% in 2015 to 0.8% by the end of 2016 and 0.6% in the first two quarters of 2017. Conclusion This project began with a group of nurses asking how they could reduce SSI rates in the cesarean delivery patient population. Armed with a drive to improve patient outcomes, our staff members formed an interdisciplinary team to develop a strategy for reviewing multiple categories of care and making improvements. This review strategy allowed the team to focus on several different aspects of SSI prevention, patient education, evidence-based clinical practices, and clinical team members' engagement in process improvement strategies. The interdisciplinary team was then able to combine the improvement strategies from each area 
into a broad bundled approach to preventing SSIs in this patient population. The Obstetric SSI Prevention Bundle provided each member of the patient care team, from the prenatal caregiver to the discharge nurse, with a defined strategy to decrease the risk of SSIs in the cesarean delivery patient population. Systemizing processes initiated by the interdisciplinary team improved patient outcomes, limited readmissions, and reduced additional costs to the institution. Efforts by the interdisciplinary team continue to lower the cesarean delivery SSI rate using continual data collection and review and evidence-based practice measures to sustain these improved outcomes.